Father, do we ask that you would speak the truth into our lives by the power of your spirit. We pray, Lord, that we would understand how significant it is that we be a thankful people. So we pray, Lord, as we begin this Thanksgiving week, that you would really do something that we just can't recover from with revelation by your spirit and plant your word deep and change us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there was this guy, and uh, he was a university college student, and he was taking a class. This whole class was on birds, being able to identify every single kind of bird on planet Earth. And they had a final exam, and he had studied and studied and crammed. I mean, he was ready for this test. He knew he could identify any bird. And so he goes into the exam along with the other students, and the professor, instead of handing out a test, Everyone's just sitting in their seats, and he puts up on the projector on the screen pictures of 20 birds' feet. Just their feet. And he says, now identify all 20 of these birds. That's the final exam. Well, this one particular student was so frustrated by this, he just gets up, and he begins to walk out of the class and walks right by the professor, and the professor says, what is your name? And the student pulled up his pant legs, shown his feet, and says, you tell me. <laughs> well, this morning, this is not a science class, but I do have a telescope and a microscope up here that I really want you to think about this morning. There's a big difference between a telescope and a microscope. And knowing that difference is going to make a big difference in this week at Thanksgiving. Let me explain. Now, the word magnify actually can be used two different ways or have two different senses about it. It can mean make something appear greater than it is, as with a microscope. Or it can mean make something that may seem small, or insignificant, appear as great as it really is, as in the case of a telescope. So there are two different kinds of magnifying. There's microscope magnifying and there's telescope magnifying. The one makes a small thing look bigger than it is. The other makes a big thing begin to look as big as it really is. Now with that in mind, I want us to read our passage for this morning, Psalm 69, verse 30 through 32. David says, I will praise the name of God with a song. Listen to this. And I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. And it will please the Lord better than an ox or a young bull with horns and hooves. The humble have seen it and are glad. You who seek God, let your heart revive. So he says, I'll praise the name of God with a song. Then he says this, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. See, that is really what is in the heart of a true believer. A true believer wants to magnify God. Here's what it says in Psalm 40, verse 16. Let those who love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Psalm 70, verse 4. 
And let those who love your salvation say continually, let God be magnified. So a true believer that loves their salvation and is thankful for it wants to magnify God because of it. Now, the New Testament version of this might be 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That is, whatever you do, do whatever you do that God might be magnified. Whatever you say, whatever you do, that God might be magnified. And those of us who have met Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, I think would agree with what the Apostle Paul says here in Philippians 1.20. Listen to this. According to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, listen to this, be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. That's what he lived for. That's what we live for. We live that we might magnify the God of our salvation and his son, Jesus Christ. But how do you do that? What is one of the key ways that you can magnify God? Well, David just told us that in Psalm 69. He says, I will magnify God with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Now, he's not talking about magnifying like a microscope. He's not trying to make God appear bigger than he really is. He's talking about magnifying God like a telescope, making God who is big appear as great as he really is. So when David says, I'll magnify God with thanksgiving, he doesn't mean I'm going to make a small God look bigger than he is. But what he really means is I'm going to make a big God begin to look as great as he really is. Through what? Through giving thanks for all that he has done. Over and over, that our lives are like when someone looks at us or listens to us, it's like they're looking through a telescope and they're beginning to see how big God really is. Sometimes I hear people talk about God in microscope fashion. They really don't believe God is that big, not really. And in their unbelief, they think God is really not that good, He's not that powerful, and He doesn't love me that much. And then they find themselves in a situation where they feel the need to somehow make God look bigger than they really think he is. For example, something happens to them, and someone like you or me, we say, wow, God has blessed you so much in that. Now, when they hear that, they really don't believe it was God that did it. But because, you know, they want to kind of sound religious or blend in, they'll say, They'll say something about, yeah, thank the Lord. But really, they'll say something that is making a small God look a little bit bigger than they really believe he is. They really don't believe God did all that. And they're just saying some things that are microscope-like. They think God is really smaller than that. But I'll say something to make him bigger than he really is. But a true believer thinks quite differently. He thinks like telescope-like. He knows that God is good way more than he can comprehend. He knows God is powerful way more than he can imagine. And so anytime he speaks of God, he knows he's still not making him as big as he really is, but he's wanting to shine the light on how great God is. 
A true believer wants the world to know how great God is. Now, most people don't believe that God is really that great, and that is why they do not give thanks. They don't give thanks to God because they don't really believe God did anything to be given thanks for. Not really. They think they did it or it just happened. But they really don't believe God is that big or that good or that great. So they don't give thanks to him. Romans chapter 1, Apostle Paul, through revelation of the Holy Spirit, writes this. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, God's invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. In other words, just look around at everything created. It tells you how awesome our creator must be. Then he goes on, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Other, he's saying it ought to be obvious how great God really is. It ought to be obvious. Just look around. But it isn't obvious to some people. Why? Because of their sin, sinful insensitivity and their, the forgetfulness of the depraved human heart. You know, many of God's great attributes, and I think some of his most awesome and loving deeds, for most people pass through in one ear and out the other without any, any attitude of gratitude. That reminds me of the time there was this guy, he was a farmer and he was milking his cow. And he's just right there in the barn and he's, you know, milking cow into the bucket, squirting that milk into the bucket, and there's a fly flying around. Finally, he watches the fly, and the fly flies right into the cow's ear. And he thinks, hmm, and he keeps on milking. All of a sudden, that fly squirts right out of the udder into the milk pail. And a farmer says, well, I'll be in one ear and out the udder. (laughs) Well, for most people, though, all the amazing things that God's, that God does just goes in one ear and out the other, and they don't even get pay any attention to it, and they give no thanks, and they have no attitude of gratitude whatsoever. By the way, even in those times when people, some people do notice that, wow, that, that was amazing, all those things that came my way. God is really generous. It still doesn't take long for most of them to forget what God has done and go right back to living a life of ingratitude. Like the time... You know, you, you had a health issue, and you were anxious about it, and you prayed about it, and other people prayed about it, and then God healed you, whether directly or indirectly through modern medicine. And the result of that is you are so grateful to God, and you believe in his faithfulness and his goodness, and you're thinking, I would never forget again how faithful you are and how, how much I can trust you until a very short time later, and we forget. And once again, we are easily discouraged and have no confidence that God's going to come through again. Why is it that that happens to us? It's because we are so prone to forget the evidence of God's goodness that we are experienced ourselves. This is why King David says this. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. He's commanding his soul to bless 
God. He's saying, soul, get with it. Get with it. He goes on to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. Remember all he's done for you. Don't forget these things. Or as the psalmist says in Psalm 77, starting in verse 11, I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. See, we are called to be telescopes. People should be able to look through us by what they hear us say and what we do, and it should make God big, much bigger, much bigger. Not as big, not as great as he is. We never do that, but his greatness should expand in their understanding as they hear and they watch us. That's what it means for a Christian to magnify God. Now, Again, our text, Psalm 69, verse 30 says, I'll magnify God with thanksgiving. One of the main ways that we do it, one of the key ways is like giving thanks to God for all he's done and doing it in the midst of the assembly, doing it in meetings, doing it where other people hear you. And you're magnifying God with your praise and thanksgiving, but people are also realizing, wow, God did that and God did that and God did that. God is, all of a sudden, they're seeing God get bigger in their understanding and you are being telescope-like when you do that. Gratitude glorifies God. Giving thanks to God glorifies God. Now, why is that true? Why does it? The answer is simple. Givers are more glorious than receivers. Benefactors are more glorious than beneficiaries. When we thank God, we are acknowledging that he's the giver. He's the benefactor. We're simply the receiver. And when we give him thanks, we're paying him a high compliment. We're honoring him. Every time we give him thanks, we honor him. You know, when my my kids were younger, my two uh, younger sons are three years apart, and sometimes they, when they got angry at each other because they had a fight or something, it was hard for them to say thank you to each other for a while. And I would say to Chad, tell Chandler thank you. Oh, thank you. Chandler, tell Chad you're welcome. Oh, you're welcome. Now, why is it so hard? Was it so hard for them to do that? Isn't it because saying thank you is a compliment? When you say thank you to somebody, aren't you complimenting them? When you say thank you, you are magnifying that person that you give thanks to. Others say, you did, a, you did a good thing for me, and I'm indebted to you. But when you're angry at somebody, you do not want to compliment them. When you're angry at them, you want to belittle them. You do not want to magnify them. When gratitude springs up in the human heart toward God, He's magnified as a source of all of our blessing. We're acknowledging that he's the giver. He's the benefactor. And as we do that, we are giving him glory. But when gratitude, now listen to this, when gratitude does not spring up in our hearts to God for his great goodness to us, it probably means that we do not want to pay him a compliment. We do not want to magnify him as our benefactor. And there's a good reason why the human beings by nature do not want to magnify God with thanksgiving. They do not want to glorify him as their benefactor. And the reason is, is that it detracts 
from their own glory. And all people by nature, in their fallen nature, love their own glory more than the glory of God. I want you to notice this. Psalm 35, I want you to see a contrast here. Psalm 35, verse 27, David says, Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication. And let them say continually, the Lord be magnified. Now, I want you to contrast this group of people who love to magnify the Lord with another group in the previous verse, verse 26. Listen, let those be ashamed and humiliated altogether who rejoice in my distress. Let those be clothed with shame and dishonor who magnify themselves over me. See, there are really only two groups of people in this world, those who love to magnify God and those who love to magnify themselves. At the root of all ingratitude is the love of one's own greatness. Author John Piper put it this way. He said, for genuine gratitude admits that we are beneficiaries of an unearned bequest. We are cripples leaning on the cross-shaped crutch of Jesus Christ. We are paralytics, living minute by minute in the iron lung of God's mercy. We are children asleep in heaven's stroller. Natural man hates to think of himself in these images, a crippled, a child, a beggar. He hates to see himself like that because he loves his own glory. He prizes his self-sufficiency. Things come his way because he did it. He wasn't given anything. He did it all. And he never feels a genuine gratitude toward God at all. And that's why he doesn't magnify God, and that's why he doesn't give God thanks. His focus is himself. There's another interesting connection I want to show you in the book of Psalms. Psalm 69, verse 30 through 32, our, our text here. I want you to notice something that connects with Psalm 50 and Psalm 51. Psalm 69, of course, we already saw, it says, I will magnify God with thanksgiving, and it will please the Lord more than an ox or a young bull with horns and hooves. Now, why is that? Think of that first. Why is that true? Why does the offering of some expensive animal please God less than offering him thanks? Why is that? Well, Psalm 50, verse 9 through 14 tells us why. Let me read it. This is God speaking through the prophet. He says, God says, I shall take no young bull out of your house, nor male goat out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains, everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. Shall I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of male goats? Then he says this. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. One of the reasons God was not pleased with the offering of an ox or a bull or a goat was that the giver often thought that his gift was somehow enriching God. Somehow was supplying, you know, some deficiency in God. God needed this. What seems like an act of love among men, meeting someone else's need, 
is actually an insult to God. That's an insult to him. He says, every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. You can't give me a bull or an ox. They're already mine. Again, here is man's self-exaltation again. It's interesting. Even in the practice of religion, most religions on the world, even the practice of religion, man finds a way to preserve his status as the giver. Man somehow still maintains his you know, status as a self-sufficient benefactor. Even in the very act of the, the most religious worship, all of that belittles God, belittles him by refusing to assume instead the part of a receiver who God is the giver of all good gifts. Every good gift that's going to come has come to you, has come from him, and you are always the receiver, always. He's always the benefactor. We're always the beneficiary, always. It's the arrogance of man that thinks that somehow I'm going to do this for God. God doesn't need it. You know, as an attitude, I mean, sorry, as this, you know, I guess an antidote to the arrogance of worship, God says, don't do that. Instead, offer to God a sacrifice of thanks. Acknowledge God as a giver. Accept your lowly status as a receiver. This is so important. And as we do that, this magnifies God. That's why the last verse of Psalm 50 says this, verse 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, God says. So when David says in Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. He is simply describing the only sort of heart for which the sacrifice of genuine thanksgiving can flow from is a contrite, broken heart. One who's no longer self-sufficient. They have had their arrogance broken off of them, their stiff-neckedness. They've had their hard heart softened, and now they realize that all they can offer God, all they can offer him is thanksgiving because he did it all. So what does an all-sufficient God who owns and controls all things Demand from the creatures that he has made. Here's what God demands. That we cease to be great in our own eyes and become small, that he might appear as great as he really is. He's always the giver. Every good thing that's ever happened to you, if you can look at it and say that was good, God gave it to you. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. See, it is the, the humble who actually and see God correctly from that state of being broken and humble and contrite are actually in a position to finally see God rightly and realize that what we have to offer is thanksgiving because everything has come from you, everything. And in them rises this joyful sense of gratitude toward God that they've got to express. They've got to say it. And when it is expressed and they give thanks, what happens? God's magnified. They become telescope-like, and people are seeing that God God did that. God did that. God did all that. Wow. My vision of God is getting bigger and bigger. Psalm 34, verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. 
Psalm 69, verse 30, I'll praise the name of God with a song. I'll magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. So what am I suggesting for all of us this Thanksgiving week is be like a telescope and not a microscope. I just want this image in your mind, so I'm I'm definitely doing the Sesame Street simplicity here. (laughs) Be telescope like this Thanksgiving and help people see how big he really is. Don't be microscope-like and and really think he's not that big and you're going to say something that you don't even believe that make him sound bigger than you really think he is. Our God is a great, great God, and we have an opportunity this Thanksgiving to not just give thanks a few times and get back to a life of ingratitude, but hopefully develop a pattern this week that will stay with us all year round. Next Sunday, we're going to have a special service. We do this every year, Thanksgiving weekend, is we have a Thanksgiving service. And this is a service where we don't have a teaching time. This is a service where we have one person after another come up prepared to magnify God with thanksgiving. And I've heard people say, you know, you know t- tell me about something great that's happened that God did for them, and I'll say, well, you need to share that with the congregation. And they'll say, I'm kind of shy. I- I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bashful. I'm like, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about him. I mean, we're here to magnify him. We live to magnify him. Forget about yourself. Let's think about giving him honor and glory. So this Sunday, come prepared. Don't just sit there while while people are coming saying, is there anything I should be thankful for? I mean, come prepared. Think through it. And let's have a service that magnifies the Lord. Now, I'm going to invite the worship team back up because I don't know how you can close a service talking about Thanksgiving without really thanksgiving God Thanks and magnifying his name. So let's all stand together. <clears throat> We're going to close with this song on giving God thanks. And I encourage you to give yourself fully this. And right now, if you're not into this right now, command your soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let's go. God deserves this. This is right. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget none of his benefits. Let's give God glory and magnify his name. Father, we are so grateful. It's you, Lord, you have done it all. You made us. We exist because you made us. And then you, Lord, you saved us. And then you called us to this high calling, this noble and dignified calling, a way to live life. And Lord, you prepare a place for us. And we're going to live with you forever in glory, forever and ever and ever. Lord, every good gift has come from you, Lord. And we want to magnify your name right now in Jesus' name. Strength to my
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're so grateful. We are so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything, every good thing that has come our way. We thank you, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that this, this attitude of gratitude would stay with us. We'd find ourselves living in this every day. Lord, I pray for the gatherings of this week and Thanksgiving gatherings with different families, Lord, as people travel. We pray, Lord, you would be magnified at these gatherings. And Lord, we pray when we come together next week, you'd be magnified here in this assembly in the biggest way ever. And so, Lord, we just are so grateful for everything. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody says, amen, amen. Before you're dismissed, let me just encourage you that, by the way, if, you're, if this is your first Sunday here, I'd love to meet you over here in this welcome corner before you go. Let me also just encourage you to try to social distance. I know it's difficult, but try to continue to respect each other's space there as you go. And may God bless you and use you greatly this week. God bless you. Dismissed.